Sedano and LZ with you here. We just saw the craziest ending to this Boston-Toronto game. While Dave Joseph was doing traffic, I was hoping Laura had me down because we were both screaming, you and I, LZ. It was insane. Um, so just to paint the picture, we told you earlier, Kemba Walker had this incredible behind-the-back pass to a backdoor cut to Daniel Tice, their center for a dunk. It gave Boston a two-point lead. And then with .5 seconds on the clock, the inbound pass went across the court to the other corner, the, to the three-point line. In the corner, OG Ananobi got the three-point shot off with .5 seconds left on the clock. They reviewed it, and it counted. He hit the game winner with .5 seconds, LZ, and Toronto gets a game. The Celtics who I'm sure nobody here loves uh, in L.A., <laughs> just lost the game. And now, LZ, mm -hmm. a 2-1 series looks a lot different. It absolutely does. First of all, shout out to the referees for keeping their ass out of the, the final outcome of this game. Way to go. Way to let the players decide how the game ends. Second of all, that pass. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Like the shot, obviously the shot was great. But to understand how hard that pass was, like you got to think Grant Hill to Christian Leitner. That's right. how it, hard that pass was. So literally, he threw it from one side of the floor to the other side of the floor. Um, it was from basically the, the midcourt area. Yep. They threw it on the opposite side of the court um, right by the scorer's table. They threw it to the opposite corner of the floor <laughs> OG Ananobi catches it. The Celtics didn't even defend it. There was no. nobody near him. Jalen Brown was the closest defender, and he was easily five or six feet away. Now, eventually, he was able to get there because he's so athletic uh, to try to contest it. He did not get uh, a, a chance to swipe at the ball, and OG Ananobi hit it. It was – I mean, listen, I'm not trying to say it's Derek Fisher point two. Um, but, man, it, it was pretty incredible to watch. It was pretty incredible. And, and again, you have to understand, it was .5 seconds left on the clock. So the pass was not only difficult to execute, it had to be perfect because OG did not have time to adjust. Yeah. It had yeah. to be a catch and shoot. Correct. It had to be a perfect pass, and it was a perfect pass. Wow. Yeah. Greg. After, after we already saw a perfect pass from Kimba Walker. Right, back-to-back -back incredible plays to finish that game. That game, um, that ending was what we wanted for – that's what we wanted for Jazz and, uh, and uh, Nuggets uh, a couple of days ago. Yes. Uh, but good – well, actually, that's, that's what we wanted, wanted yesterday. We, right? we wanted that for OKC. Yeah, and we wanted it for Miami and Milwaukee. and We kind of almost had it, except uh, we had the reverse. We had the referees steal that away from us, uh, what was already a great ending. Um, but, yeah, uh, Bergman – I mean, you've seen a lot of game winners. That one is the, – the degree of difficulty on that one. Again, if Derek Fisher is the, is the top of the, of, of the class, that one is like – if that's the valedictorian – then this one may be the salutatorian, you know? Yeah, yeah. That was all I was thinking about was that was that Derek Fisher shot with point four. But this was it was really I'm sorry point four. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. point four. Yeah, yeah. But there was a Mar uh, Mark Spears has a has a shot where because he's actually in the bubble and he's sitting courtside. It's a great view of seeing everything just from far away, seeing how everything kind of all happened. OG just like going around the baseline and hitting off to the side over into the other corner. It was just a beautiful shot. That was one of the better 
game-winning shots I've seen in a long, long time. Oh, my gosh. I mean, again, I, I love the shot, obviously, but that pass, that pass was I, – I can't, I can't describe how incredible it was because in order to, for him to shoot that ball with .5 seconds left and, and really the ball was out of his hand at .2 – the pass has to been perfect, requiring absolutely zero adjustment. Didn't yeah. have time to dribble. Didn't have time to like catch it and like spin it in his hands at all. It had to be a literal catch and shoot in the purest of ways. And they executed it, which makes me wonder, George, do they practice that play often? <sighs> you know, with Nick Nurse, you never know. Probably. Um the- they absolutely practice that. You can tell because you can see Mark Gasol come and like move back and have a little screen. Right. See, he set a set screen. Right. So, yeah. so that way Jalen Brown couldn't get a clean uh, contest. Yes. Exactly. So you can see it all. They push everybody closer to the to the inbounds passer, and OG just kind of sneaks around to the other side. Correct. And there's blocked. It's a beautifully drawn up play. Yeah, it, it is incredible. And now the Raptors can tie this thing on Saturday. It is a wild swing. Of events, the NBA playoffs uh, are LZ, fantastic. These yes, uh, these last few week, these last week, this last week or so has been really, really good. Um, Trudell tweeted this out, and I'm with him. Uh, he says, "I'm trying to remember the last time one shot potentially changed a series like that one from Ananobi could, where it goes from series over to completely new knife, uh, new life. Excuse me. For example, the point four from Fish was a two-two series. So if that misses, the Lakers still have a shot at 0-3. It's a wrap, right? Like, you know, we've never seen that. Um, So, man, it's a pretty seismic shot that Toronto just hit there in playoff history. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to think if they were in the postseason, is there a better or more critical game winner? And I mean, Ray Allen? I mean, that wasn't even a game winner. That tied it. Yeah, that tied it, sent it to overtime. Robert Ory? Robert Ory. I mean, Derek Fisher, Robert Ory, Ray Allen, like those are the th- those are like the three best shots ever. But even though this one's in the second round, just the degree of difficulty, like throwing it from again the midcourt, complete opposite side, hitting OG and Ananobi in the corner, as Greg said, setting up the play where it feels like everyone is trying to gra- get the ball closer to the inbounder, and he just sneaks out and leaks out to the corner. It was a beautiful design and execution. Man, this is going to be fascinating because Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach. Right. And Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach. Right. <laughs> and it's a coach-off person. It's yeah. a coach-off. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but oh, but just in- incredible. If you haven't seen it, get on your phones and watch it. It's everywhere. Like, seriously. I'm sorry, LZ. What were you saying? No, I was going to say, speaking of crazy, I, I think um, Denver's in trouble. Oh, I think the Clippers destroy them tonight, especially because Pat Bev is back. They're, they're in tr- well, I just got a glimpse of Kawhi's hair. What happened? Well, when Kawhi gets his hair done fresh and the baby hairs are laid, he's just really good. When he, the fuzzier he gets, the, the more shaky he is. So he's not with sh- he doesn't have fuzzy hair right now, George. It's fresh. He may have very well has just got out of a chair like 10 minutes ago. It's crispy. When Kawhi has crispy hair, he goes off bank on it you did say that last game and he did go off and he went off and he went off and his hair was fuzziest his hair was fuzziest that last season in san antonio i'm just saying right 
It's correlation, people. Yeah, it was. It was. And I also think, God, Denver's got to be really tired, no? Um, well, I mean, obviously, when you have a long series, physical series like that one, um, but, you know, their main horses are young. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, being led by aged veterans well over 33, 34 years of age. They're, they're still kids. What, what is Jamal Murray, like 23, mm-hmm. if that? And yep. Jokic isn't that old. So I, I tend to think that, you know, fatigue won't be a factor in this. It's not like they're, they're banking on Paul Millsap to carry them anyway. Right. Uh, all right, so Clint Yates is going to join us on the other side. We'll talk to him and then Mark Spears in the final segment. Um, real quick, it's summertime, though, LZ. We're going to talk to Clinton in, le- in 90 seconds. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Oh yeah, this is how we do it, LZ. I'm too busy dancing. Streaming September 4th, LZ. Don't forget Disney's new movie, Mulan. Experience the legend of Mulan as she fights to defend her family in the kingdom. Available to Disney Plus subscribers who unlock their premiere access. Uh, Clippers right now. Pat Bev, by the way, playing really well. He's hit two threes already in the first four minutes of this game. Uh, Clippers leading 9-7 to seven early on here. Eight minutes to go uh, in the first quarter. Uh, the Clippers, I believe, have lost... Only five games when Paul George, Pat Bev, and Kawhi are in the lineup this season. They're like something like 21-5 and five or something like that. Wasn't one of those losses against the Lakers? One was against the Lakers. That Just is correct. Checking. Yeah, that Just is absolutely checking. correct. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Uh, Clint Yates is going to join us here in a second. I do have a movie debate that I didn't get to with you earlier, LZ. We had kind of teased it but never got to it. Uh my wife was watching Bridesmaids a little while ago, like just here randomly in the house while the baby was napping and my daughter was doing school stuff. And she loves the movie. It is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. But funny. if I had to ask you, and I'll ask Greg and Laura this too, Bridesmaid, Bridesmaids or The Hangover, which is the better movie? I'm going to go with The Hangover. Why is that? One, it was first. <laughs> it was first, yes. Two... I had a hard time trying to figure out what was going to happen next. And while I won't say that Bridesmaid was predictable, I will say that it wasn't overwhelmingly shocking. It was just funny. So the things that I could kind of anticipate were executed really well. Whereas The Hangover, I was like, this is some crazy ass-ish. <laughs> and it was just like... It was, that was that's the reason why the sequels were so awful because you had gotten used to the formula. But the first one, we didn't know what the formula was. Uh, yeah, I guess. So you're saying because it was more of the original that uh, you know that it sparked the genre, basically, right? Uh, that you sh- you would give it to that movie. Look, The Hangover might be that. Uh, I'll give you that. But let me tell you something, man. Bridesmaids has a couple of moments there where you're like. Like when she, I mean, 
Look, man, if you haven't seen this movie, it's like 10 years old. That's your problem. Um, Wait, who just whispered in your ear, don't spoil it? No, nobody. I stopped oh, okay. myself. Oh, I, stopped I, I thought myself. Greg was like going, no, I, don't no, know, no, no. I don't know Red uh, Foo and I don't know Bridesmaid and when I can't they, dance. When, when they're, when, when, <laughs> why, when they're why doing come after me? the <laughs> wedding dress, um, when they're doing the wedding dress fitting and she has to, they, they had gone to like one of those Brazilian steakhouses <laughs> and they got bad meat and they all start uh, pooping themselves and she poops in the middle of uh, New York City or whatever in her dress. I mean, that is pretty hilarious, man. That was pretty hilarious. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. That was pretty hilarious. Um, listen, they're both great movies. You can't go wrong. I, I just found like Mike Tyson, dog. Like who saw Mike Tyson coming? I did not see Mike Tyson or the tiger coming. Or the uh, tiger. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Then it was like the big mystery. Like, and that was the other thing, too. It had a solid mystery. What happened to his tooth? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did happen to his tooth? That is a great question. Right. There were a lot of things that were almost left untold, right, in that movie. So, it, yeah. Greg, what do you think? Bridesmaids or Hangover? I've always been more of a hangover. I, Bridesmaids was funny, but like you said, there are moments in Bridesmaids where hangover was funny throughout. I was dying laughing the whole time, even all the way up until the end when they started pl- showing the pictures from what happened in Vegas right. at the end. That was fantastic. I just thought that Bridesmaids just – there wasn't enough of a, a constant flow of funny where it was where bri- uh, uh, hangover was funny throughout. Laura, Bridesmaids or Hangover? Okay, the girl in me wants to go with Bridesmaids, but I can't. It has to be Hangover. Hangover. Yeah. They should have stopped that Hangover. You're to your gender. They should have stopped. That's funny. You're betrayed your gender. Uh, they should have stopped that Hangover 1, though. Yeah. 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 Like Once the formula has been shared and we all get it, it's really hard to go back and play that song again. Just like with The Matrix. You know, it's like going, yeah... Matrix 2 was good. Good for what? You didn't think it was good? Matrix 3 was terrible. Mm-hmm. All right. In Matrix 2, having a like 20-minute sex scene was just beyond what was needed. Well, that was, I mean, that, that was actually the best part of the movie for me. <laughs> of course it was. But that, that, was, it just, that movie was just not very good. There was one good scene in that where they had like all the different um, – uh, what's it called? Mr. Smith's? The Mr. Smiths, yeah, when there's all those Mr. Smiths coming after him, that yeah. was really cool. But that was it. It was the whole key guy. That's the one I just kind of like. There, like I thought the Matrix Two had cool visuals, like Matrix One, like this, like the crazy assassinating, assassinating twins and things like that. Like I yeah. thought that was cool. Right. The highway chase scene was remarkable. Right. Um, but yeah, a, that scene, yeah, with the with the the twins and the sword fight, like yeah. that's pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. But as a script with a plot, it was like, come on, dog. But that's really? what I'm saying. Like it wasn't a bad movie because at least it was interesting and entertaining, and there was tons of action. Right. They had the crazy rave scene. Yeah, that, that, I didn't really need the rave scene. Oh come on! I, I just, I just. I just didn't. And then he made it in slow-mo on top of it. I was like, going, it's already it 20 slow-mo. minutes. Now it's in slow-mo. Slow-mo, there was fire. There was uh, sweat everywhere. And I'm like, you mean to tell me the robots can't find you and y'all asses down here making all this noise? Come on now. This doesn't make any sense. That ain't how you hide. It is true. They did make a lot of noise for those damn robots not to hear them. 
<laughs> it's like, come on, this doesn't make <laughs> any sense at all. <laughs> oh man, that is funny. The rave scene is funny. It did. Uh, it, <laughs> it is completely unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. Yeah, but it. Ba- but you know, while everybody's raving, then uh, Neo's getting his thing on. You know what I'm For saying? For twenty minutes, according right. to Greg. I don't think yeah. it was twenty minutes though. Yeah. I mean, it was easily ten. It was a long scene. It was a long scene <laughs> because that too was in slow mo. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That was good. That was funny. Multi- multi-camera angled. <laughs> yeah. 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 What was her, uh, Trinity, right? That's her Trinity. name in the movie? Yeah, Trinity. Trinity. Um, she's also in one of my uh, favorite movies, my the original Chris Nolan movie that I saw, uh, Memento. She's in that? Yeah. Huh. She is in Memento. She's the female lead in that movie. Wow. Yeah. She's, ex- she's an excellent actress. She is. I, but I hope she's not in the remake for... The Matrix. Matrix Four. Yeah, didn't well. I mean, they all died. I mean, she died. They all died. <laughs> they right. all died. Right. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but somehow we're still getting a Matrix Four, so something happened. Right. Well, or just there's a new Neo. Neo wasn't really the wasn't really the chosen one or whatever. <laughs> he wasn't the chosen. All of that, and he wasn't the chosen one. Right. That's that's a lot of work. So now it's the new. There's a new chosen one. That's a or lot is of work. there? That just seems like a lot. I mean, you built three movies around a guy for to not be the one. Well, he wasn't clearly right. I mean, we don't know. Kind of tells you all. You we need don't know, to know if the Oracle <laughs> told him that because that would give him the hump. Like he wasn't the chosen one when they met, but when she said he wasn't the chosen one, then he became the chosen one. Kind of like a "I'll show you" like Tom Brady kind of thing. Or do we know that she really knew who the chosen one was, and that Neo was just like playing above his pay his pay scale? <laughs> I think Neo was playing above his pay scale. Like he's kind of like Jamal Murray. Like you know, like you know what I mean. Like hey, Jamal, hey, Mur- hey. Jamal he's Murray top was thirty balling, right? You know, but yeah, that's it. You You're know, maybe. Neo's oh, you know what? Actually, here's a better reference. Mm-hmm. Neo was Giannis. We oh, thought he was the MVP. He thought he was the MVP, but he ain't really the MVP. No, because LeBron and Kawhi are both better than him. Damn. I would put Steph in there too. And KD. Oh, yeah, exactly. Giannis is Neo. Neo is Giannis. Then who's and we're Morpheus? finding that out right now because, you know, Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra are, are making that happen, are showing us that. They are they are the Matrix 3. <laughs> Which was even worse than Matrix 2. Right, but they, at least we knew what happened there, basically, is, uh, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, you know what's the worst part of Matrix 2? Now I'm doing a deep dive. <laughs> because he kept saying ergo. Who was that guy? Who was the the gatekeeper or the Oh, the 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 guy with the keys. Yeah, no, no, no. Not the guy with the keys. The guy who was there waiting for them once they finally got through the door in the white suit. Right, right. He kept saying ergo like every other time. And the first time he said it, I was like going, ooh, that's a nice word. Yeah. And then he kept saying it because I was like, Oh, they must have realized it was a nice word too. Yeah. And he kept <laughs> that's funny. Uh so yeah, who wow. Giannis is Neo. That is you know, Neo wasn't real. Neo wasn't real. Neo wasn't ready for the full smoke. Right. He was just, he, we thought he was cool. I mean, listen, if you had to teach a dude to be like, you know. Oh, I got his name. To be the guy. The architect was his name. The architect. Yeah, the that architect, is what he was yes. The architect, yes. I guess, though, you know, they did teach um, the, uh, the girl in, in the Star Wars and the sequels to be, you know, uh, a, a bad woman out there, right? 
She didn't know she had her powers. So I guess that does work. Yeah, that's another flaw. But I'm not going to go there because they're a parent company. We love them. I we love, love them. <laughs> we love them. Even though she picks up a lifesaver like yesterday and then she beats up the guy. Hey. Hey, man. She's got natural talent. <laughs> okay, natural talent. She's like LeBron. You know what I mean? She picked up a basketball. and Look at that. Yeah, but it took LeBron a little bit to get a championship. She won a championship the first time out. I mean, did she win a championship? She didn't really win the championship. She, she eventually won a championship. She cut his face and said, go home and tell your nah. daddy I did it. That's like she, That fight was like LeBron versus the Pistons. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. Right. I see that you. fight, I see you. that first fight in the first Star Wars movie, the, um, um, what is her character? Ray. Ray was, Ray versus, um, um, Kylo Ren, the first one, right. was, uh, was LeBron versus the Pistons. That's what that was. Okay. 25 straight points. And people were like, damn, LeBron, you arrived. And he hadn't yet, which right. is crazy. And then it took two more movies. So there you go. <laughs> All right. You won me over. All right. Fair enough. And now the parent company's happy. There you go. Speaking of the parent company, streaming September 4th, Disney's new movie Mulan. Experience the legend of Mulan as she fights to defend her family and the kingdom. Available to Disney Plus subscribers who unlock their premiere access. Uh, Denver leading the Clippers right now, 27-24, two and a half to go in the first quarter. Uh, Mark Spears, the big news of the day in the NBA was Steve Nash was hired to coach Kyrie and Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. We'll talk to him about that. We'll get his thoughts on Lakers and Rockets as well. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Back here on Sedano and LZ here on 710 ESPN. We are joined now by the columnist from the undefeated ESPN NBA insider, friend of the program, Mark Spears. He broke the Steve Nash to the Nets news. Steve Nash, two-time MVP. And, of course, former son, Maverick, and Laker uh, is now the head coach in Brooklyn for Kyrie and KD. So, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time. Why Steve Nash? Um, That's a really good question. I, I think th- th- there's a couple things. One, he's quietly uh, been wanting to do this for a while. Um, didn't tell me, didn't tell either one of y'all, but... I think Sean Marks knew that. But I think the main thing is um, he has a very strong relationship with Durant and Kyrie. This this doesn't happen unless they want it to happen. And so, you know, his, his, his relationship with both guys dates back about five years. He spent time working them out both. Um, they really like his work ethic. They really like the way that he uh, – you know, player develops. I, I know from being around Kevin up in the Bay that player development is extremely important to him. So I think they, you know, respect his basketball mind and um, think that he, uh, you know, uh, with some veteran coaches around him, like Jock Vaughn, has the ability to do a great job there. So I think this doesn't happen unless Kyrie Irving 
and Kevin Durant want it to happen, and I think that's the main reason it did. Um, there has been a certain degree of backlash building because obviously he's parachuting in with no assistant coaching experience. Yeah. Uh, is he cognizant of this blowback at all? Well, C Sharp, he understands. Um, I guess the thing is, like, what do you do if you're him? You say no, you know. Um, it's uh, certainly a, kind of a curious time, and I wish that the Nets kind of made public who all they talked to. Like, I know they talked to Jock Vaughn, and he got a serious look at it. But, like, who else Like who else did you speak to? Because, I mean, ultimately, um, that's what I'm worried about is was there a concerted effort to really interview coaches of color or was it kind of like, you know, when Luke got the job in Sacramento, where I don't know if anybody got interviewed, Luke Walton just got the job in Sacramento, which is no disrespect to Luke. It's a disrespect to the process. So that's the, you know, I know Woj has his pod with, with Sean Marks and I'm, I'm really curious to, um, you know, what they really did in terms of interviewing and looking at it. I mean, their, their season didn't end that long ago, but um, obviously it did get public that they interviewed Jock and they kept Jock. Uh, but um, if, if Steve didn't know that certainly some backlash comes with it, then now we know. But then here's, I guess, the flip side of it is the two stars of the team are black. And they were, <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Is like, right. how do how do you what do you say? Like the two black stars wanted him, or if they didn't want him, they like that. That hire doesn't get made unless Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving rubber stamp it, right? So it, it, it's just yeah, and this you know, is also weird, the franchise. It's a weird kind of way. This is also the to, franchise that hired Jason uh, Kidd, right? But different group. This is not the same group. It was different ownership. No, but I, 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 ownership, I, so. no, I know it's different ownership, but I'm saying it's, it's not like it's unprecedented is my point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Steve Kerr, um, that happened with him, Mark Jackson. Um, you know, this, this certainly wouldn't be the first time. So I, I, I do think it's because of today's climate and because of the lack of black coaches, yeah, it, it certainly should should put up a red flag. Um, but I think in those other situations, the stars weren't making the call or the stars weren't given uh, a heavy uh, opinion on the call. And from talking to Steve, you know, he's had heavy conversations with both those guys and they were excited about it. So you see what I'm saying, LZ? It's like, Oh yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, I, like, I, yeah, I, I'm like, not surprised like, by any. It's like hard to beat the drum if the two black stars, you know, <laughs> if this is the guy they wanted. You know what I mean? But I, I'm not surprised at all that this move was made. Um, I know Steve pretty well, and anyone who knows yeah. Steve pretty well knows that he's got some some swagger too that makes brothers comfortable i'm just gonna put it out there like yeah. that like he's not oblivious to a, to well, much of anything when it comes to this conversation well and I'll, I'll say this he's about 
as woke as Steve Kerr and as woke as Popovich too. You know, there's, yeah. there's, um, he's also a guy who whose profile picture is George Floyd. How many how, how how many white people do you know have George Floyd as a profile picture on Instagram and uh, Twitter? Him to me, maybe I'm sure there's somebody else, but to me that speaks volumes of where he is as a person. Um, I, I do expect him to have a strong voice in terms of fighting against racial injustice. Um, and I did specifically ask him, you know, do you think that the ownership and the relatively new ownership in Brooklyn could give hindrance to that? Could, could, you know, because sometimes you might work for somebody that doesn't really want you to do that. And he said, not, not that he was told, not that he knows of. And the Brooklyn, uh, Joe Ty and his wife, um, the new ownership there, they recently gave, I believe, $30 million to try to help uh, black uh, businesses locally over the next 10 years. So uh, they, they definitely seem like they're down for the cause as well. But to your point, LZ, like, I mean, Steve is about oh, as woke as a white dude as you'll meet, which I think is, uh, you know, part of, the, part of the thing. He's also like a Canadian dude, too. So in a lot of ways, when he came here, he was kind of like this outcast that nobody believed in. Um, so is I think in a, a lot of ways he could relate. Mark, is he not, and Mark Spears with us here of the Undefeated, great columnist and, of course, NBA insider for ESPN, is he not worried about Kyrie and Kevin, just their personalities? Like, particularly Kyrie, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, it never it, Kyrie specifically doesn't feel like he's ever happy anywhere, and some people would say the same about Kevin, to be honest with you. Like, you could yeah. be their hand-picked guy right now, but they seem to change their mind a lot. What did did you did you talk to him about that? Does he have any worries about that? Has he expressed any thoughts about that? Well, I mean, he, he says he has a strong relationship with them both. That they have a you know a good understanding about what they want, and but he also acknowledges that this is the honeymoon period, and at some point he's going to have to coach the team. And um, I I don't see Steve as a pushover dude. Man, LZ, you know him well too. I don't. Yeah. I, so, uh, if 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 they were looking for somebody to step out of the way, I don't see him as being that guy. So, to your point, you know, George, it, that I mean, that dynamic is going to be watched. It's going to be paid attention to, especially if they struggle first. So, I think the one smart thing that Steve is doing is acknowledging that you know what you don't know. You know. Um, and getting some veterans. Like, I expect him to do something similar to what Steve did in terms of, you know, having an Alvin Gentry and a Ron Adams on your staff when you first get there. Like, he got Jock Vaughn. Expect one or two, like, other coaches to come that have some experience to him. Like, I, I wonder if he would consider Alvin Gentry. You know, Alvin Gentry was his coach in Phoenix. He's not, you know, he lost his job in New Orleans be a hell of an assistant coach to have. Um, obviously, everybody has to have their role, but Alvin was amazing at that role with Golden State, and um, I, I think he certainly could do... I, I, I want to say maybe he did or didn't, but may, I wonder if Alvin crossed paths with Kevin while he was there. I think he might have, uh, but 
um, it'll be interesting to see what Steve uh, ends up putting as his uh, his final staff in Brooklyn. Um, Mark, when you look at the other names that are being floated out there, there's reports that Ty Lue could be heading to the 76ers, or Chauncey Billups' name has now come up as someone who's interested in becoming a head coach. Um, what does this mean in terms of the Lakers staff and Jason Kidd, whose name was rumored, to uh, yeah. be in Brooklyn. Yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting to see because, uh, like I've heard, Lou's name with the Pelicans, too. And, you know, he knows David Griffin well. Um, I mean, there ain't but a handful of jobs, right? I mean, there's 30 of them. <laughs> yeah. They're really hard to get. Um, and um, how many are available? Three now? Two? I guess we'll see what happens in these playoffs. <laughs> so, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, Chicago, Chicago's open, right? Let's not forget that yeah. one. Yeah. Houston's basically open. So, Houston is going to be open, right? Yeah. 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 So no, yeah. I mean, it'll um, it'll be interesting the com- conversation to have a month and a half from now. See, all see right. how this last, all pans out. Last question for you before we go: Lakers, Rockets. Who you got, and why? Really? Who do you got? Like a debate? Who do you got? <laughs> I'm just saying. Just, well, listen. Just give us, some people just give make... us a number and, and, and make a good choice. Uh, I, got, I, I, just, I got the Lakers in five. I just think that watching Houston up close. close. Um, I just think that, that Russ is beat up and playing every other day doesn't help him get better. Um, I think James will do well, but this is where the series where you see that size matters. And this is the series where you see, I think the lack of size backfiring for the Rockets. So I, I could see like it being, this is the series where PJ Tucker better get an extension when it's all said and done too. Cause he's, he's going to have a heavy dose of size coming his way. And so I just think that, um, you see the Lakers slowing down the game. Be, being playing bully ball and and probably get, and getting it done in five games. There he is, Mark Spears of the Undefeated. Columnist, check out his work there. And, of course, NBA Insider at ESPN as well. Friend of the program. All right, man, enjoy the bubble, enjoy the games, and we will catch up with you soon. Thanks again. All right, peace Thank out. Thank you, sir. There he is, Mark Spears with us here. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We are back in two minutes with Crosstalk with Scott Kaplan. Sedano and LZ here on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yes, sir. Sedano and LZ, now we merge for crosstalk with our boy, Scotty Caps. What up, Cap? What up, sir? Yo, what's going on, guys? How are you? We're good. Watching a little tennis now. Watching Andy Murray play after nearly a five-hour match. 
I'm looking at a bottle of tequila that I'll be sipping as soon as we say goodbye to you. <laughs> it's a good night. I mean, why do you have to wait that long? I mean, come on. Let's be real. You and I had a whole bottle of tequila with Keyshawn, uh, you know, one morning for four hours. Well, I'm trying to turn a new leaf, George. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm trying to be more Look professional like Cat. All sophisticated yeah. now all of a yeah. sudden. What kind of tequila are you going to drink? Oh, let me see. What is this? I usually get my tequila from PV and I haul it back. Mm. This is something called Don Anastasio. Anastasio. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I may or may not have already started and just lying. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what I tried uh, not that long ago uh, during the Michael Jordan documentary was Sincoro tequila, which is. The, the drink he was drinking on set. Jeannie Buss is part owner of Sincoro Tequila with Michael Jordan. And uh, during the last dance, um, because I was doing some last dance stuff, I got a complimentary bottle. And let's Ooh. just say it's very nice. You say Jeannie's got a piece of that action? She does, yeah. Everybody's, got, everybody's into tequila now, you know? It's Part her, was, Michael yeah. Jordan, and uh, Wick Grousebeck, the uh, Celtics owner. Wow, Lakers that's kind of an Celtics eclectic group. Yeah, Lakers and Celtics uniting for something. Yes, very strange. Yeah, I wonder I'm who put that, that deal together. Who approached whom? Right. Yeah. I think Michael was the was the initiator of all of that. So he well, was like, you, hey, I beat both you guys, so why don't you just come together <laughs> and uh, let's work something out. <laughs> um, speaking of beating people, Cap, what do you think? Lakers in what against the Rockets? I think I'm going to take him in six, and I don't even know why. Like, I want to take him in four. I want to just take him in a clean sweep, and then I go, nah, four-one, and then I go, well, you know what? They got superstars on that side, too, that can take 60 or 73s, and if they just get hot one night. Right. I, I, I think the Lakers six, George. Yeah, that's what I said. LZ's got him in five, right, LZ? Yeah, I got him in five. Um, I, I Like you guys, I think they can get hot one night. And, you know, the Lakers can be lethargic. Like, you know, say the Lakers go up 2-0 and then for game three, like, they get hot, right? So it's like a 2-1 series and the Lakers just finish them off. I could buy that. By that. I'm watching this Clippers game right now. I got Kevin Harlan, who, who does those, those uh, commercials. Have you ever seen these commercials during oh, yeah. the NBA games where mm-hmm. Harlan is doing a commercial for a jersey like that you can buy on the team store? Right. And he's, he's calling it like it's game seven and there's .3 seconds to go in the game. Yeah, over yeah. a jersey that you can buy, I, and uh, I, he's coming on later tonight. Right, right I, after the game, we're gonna oh, we're gonna put him on, George. Oh, that's nice. awesome! Yeah, he's he's an unbelievable guy. Um, he's I, I think he's arguably the best doing it right now on NBA. I think that you know Breen is the top, um, and he he deserves it because you know he's been doing the NBA Finals for so long. But Harlan to me on TNT is the next best guy. And no, and look, I grew up on Marv Albert. Okay, he was the soundtrack of my youth. Um, but Kevin Harlan right now, I've made this joke where I, <laughs> I think that if Kevin Harlan were doing play-by-play of my life, like if it was just like happening in real life, right, like kind of you said with that commercial, if there was anyone I could pick to do play-by-play of like my everyday life, it would be Kevin Harlan because it would sound way more exciting than it really is. Well, and every last detail would be described. Yeah. You know? There's George Sedano. He's wearing a pair of blue jeans, white sneakers. They've got a blue Nike swoosh on them. He's wearing a brown belt with a green shirt. It's tucked in ever so slightly. He's wearing a gold chain around his neck. His hair is slicked back. He's got gel. 
Here's yeah. Sedano. Sedano yeah. sits down now at the breakfast table. He's got eggs. He's got bacon. He's got hash browns. He's got orange juice, and he's got coffee as well. I mean, he will give you every detail in a broadcast. Sedano taking it down. You know, because he's got to punctuate the, uh, you know, the big moment, of course. Right. Uh, but, of course. yeah, I'm with you. I think he's amazing. I think he's tremendous. I love every second of him. It actually reminds me of um, – did any of you watch How I Met Your Mother? Yes. Scott? No. How I Met Your Mother? No. Mm. So How Jim Nance – Jim Nance, that was the one with Neil Patrick Harris, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And love all the friends MPH. in New York. Uh, it's basically Friends, but uh, <laughs> but better. <laughs> and yeah. it was on CBS. It was a funny Friends. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a better Friends. Um, and uh, and um, they used to have a recurring role for Jim Nance where he would come in and do like play-by-play in the guys' heads as they were doing stuff, right? Like, and it was, it was hilarious to watch. And that's what gave me the idea of I would love Kevin Harlan to do that in my life. It would be fantastic. I love Kevin Harlan. He'll be on tonight. I'm excited to have him on. He's calling this game right now, so I don't know exactly what happens after the games are over at the bubble. Right. You know what, George, when you, when you get done with an NBA game in a normal year, yeah. and you get done with a broadcast, and you get mm-hmm. done with the interview, yeah. and you go backstage, and maybe right. you take off the turtleneck that you're rocking, right. you know, do you, how long thereafter until you're back to the hotel or out to dinner? I mean, what, uh, okay. give me the post-game, so, so how it the, normally goes. The, the post-game routine is, all right, I'm done. You know, they usually come to me, post-game interview. All right, LeBron, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right, you know, uh, guys, back to you. Uh, play-by-play guy closes the game. We come up, we meet. All of a sudden, a uh, security person is rushing us off to the back and taking us to uh, the area where the – uh, crew is right the people producing the game they've got a spread usually back there sometimes we will partake in the spread depending on what it is uh, then after that uh, if it's worth sticking around for we'll stick around for a few minutes there if it's not uh, we will then be uh, whisked off in a car to the hotel and then uh, you know depends usually they're about hotels like 10 15 minutes tops uh, away from the arena so from start to finish, we're talking about 20, 25 minutes, maybe 30 max before we're sitting at the hotel bar having a cocktail. Yeah, I was trying to figure out the math. I was trying to figure it out with Jesse. I was saying, okay, call Kevin and say, okay, the game tips off at around you know 6.30-ish or so. Mm-hmm. We're 6.45 to go in the second quarter. Clippers have this 44-37 lead. I'm trying to do the math, George. Right, so this is this, When, when this are they going to be done? When, when am I going to get them? This game will be at halftime in the next 15 to 20 minutes. Then there'll be a 12-minute halftime, so about 7.45, let's just say, and then about another hour after that, so 8.45. And then, so the game will be wrapping around 8.45-ish. Okay. I told Kevin 9.30. You think that's, think that's realistic? Oh, that's more than enough time. He'll already have had a cocktail probably and be in the room. Oh, he might be loose by then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty smart there, Cap. Yeah. LZ, you're going to be loose. Now, when you drink this tequila tonight, are you sipping on this tequila? Ooh. Um, I'm not a sipper. You know. Are are they shots, or are you doing this in like a regular? No, no, no. I don't do shots either, but it's a a strong pour. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I can respect that. I sip scotch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only because it feels like I'm supposed to. Yeah. But I drink tequila. But are you doing it neat or are you going on the rocks? Neat, neat. neat. Okay. Neat, neat. I, 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 I want it neat. I definitely don't do like um, 
you know, any mixers or chasers. I just sit there like a man and drink tequila. <laughs> yeah, like a <laughs> real yell man. At the I like like a real man, like a lion yeah. walking through the parking lot. That's so funny. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Now, can Cap. I ask one question? Go ahead. Yes. You ask a question. I got but, one for you. Go. But LZ, can I ask you this? Mm-hmm. Um, do you mix tequila and weed? Because a lot of times you'll say, hey, when I get Ooh. done here, I got a big fat joint that I'm, I'm looking at right here. That's the, or, or you might say, I've got all these roaches that I'm burning down. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, do you mix tequila and weed? So you and the listeners are about to find out a lot about me. George already knows. He already knows I'm basic and trashy. So my plan is I'm going to pound a couple of, 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 of you know sips of this tequila and then I'm going to get on my bike and I'm going to ride to the dispensary and I'm going to finish the night off right. Because to your point, I, my roaches are all dead. I can't, mm. I, there's no more I can, I can roach. You know, I burnt them all up watching yesterday's game. I don't have any more. I had a very busy work day, so I couldn't run an errand to go get any more. Right. So now it's like, I got to get some, right? Like, got to finish the night off right. And we're not working tomorrow, George. Right. I'm working tomorrow, though, but we're not working on the radio, yes. Yeah, we're not working on radio, so, I mean, I feel like... Oh, it's like a weekend. You get extra, We actually won't be back on the air till Wednesday. Till Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get... I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> God, put it this way. If the business was slow yesterday, business is going to be booming for noon tonight. Put it this way. <laughs> and you ride uh, your bike at night, huh? Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's just... I'm a night person, so I jog at night. I like riding my bike at night. I got the lights and everything. Um, I did run a couple errands today on my bike, but I like bikes because it's sneaky cardio. It's sneaky cardio. It is. Right. You need to sneak it in whenever you can as you get older, man. That's for sure. Hmm. Absolutely. Are you guys uh, nighttime people? Do you do any sort of exercises at night? I don't do exercise at night. Do you, Cap? Uh, not really, although I have this thing about watching games. I hate watching games sitting still. So a lot of times when I watch games, I sit on a stationary bike and I just ride for like two hours straight. Oh, okay. Okay, that's, that's exercise. That's exercise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's exercise. I mean, I'm not like really, really training and working. I'm just sort of sitting there moving and sweating, even though, you know, I'm not like, it's not like I'm really, really trying hard. It's just I'm sitting. I just don't like to sit still. That's wow. why I smoke pot. Like oh, to sit still? No, so I can fly. Cap, oh, when you yeah. when you do a football game, yes, sir. Um, are you what you're on? Well, it's football's different. There's nowhere to sit when you're on the sideline. Where I actually at the NBA games have a seat, but I choose not to sit most times. Um, but yeah, you're you're constantly roaming when you're doing a sideline on Westwood One, right? Yeah, a lot of times what I do is I um, I'll wear like a Fitbit or you know an Apple Watch or you know something that yeah. tracks Count your, your steps. Uh, yeah, and I'll do like six miles in a game. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm back and forth, up and down the field. And then, but I ask you about the post games of NBA games just because what we do is when we get done with a game, I'll get done with the post game interview, back up to you, Kevin. Right. I go and walk off the field, grab my stuff, go in the elevator up to the press box. Kevin Harlan is there with, um, you know, Kurt Warner more often Waiting than not. Yeah. And they're, well, then they're doing the post game or any sort of digital stuff they've got to do. You know, hey, we're going to post a video to Twitter. Let's have you guys say something. So they do. And then by the time they're done, everybody gets out of there, gets in a car and gets back to the hotel. And like you said, hits the bar. But I feel like um, in the bubble, these guys will be back in their hotel rooms, I think, in like 10 minutes after the game telecast is over. 
Yeah, it's so quick because they're literally right around the corner from wherever they're staying. So, yeah, so. I would imagine it would be a quick trip. So what else you got? You got Kevin Harlan. Anything else going on tonight? Uh, yeah, actually, we got a lot of stuff going okay. on tonight. Um, you guys were mentioning the Pac-12 and the possibility of them trying to come back and play because of these new COVID tests that mm-hmm. they've got. Uh, mm-hmm. from the Pac-12 network. Do you guys know Yogi Roth? He's uh, an analyst. Do you guys know Yogi? I'm familiar, yes. Yeah, Yogi Roth's going to be here later. Okay. Um, yeah, that'll be really interesting. Uh, I mentioned Kevin Harlan is going to be here. And I guess I- I'm not really... I should be calling this kind of the A-list of the guest list tonight. You guys will get a kick out of this. I somehow had Pete Rose's phone number in my phone. So okay. I decided to see today if it would work because I read this story <laughs> about the Chicago Cubs having a deal with a gambling company to, right. to do like an on-site casino in Wrigley Field and I thought think about that baseball won't let the hit king into the Hall of Fame he's almost 80 years old Pete Rose but all of a sudden not only are pro sports in Las Vegas but the Chicago Cubs one of those legendary franchises and buildings in all of sports is going to have legalized gambling on site Right. And I'm thinking, okay, come on. It's time for Pete Rose to just like walk into the Hall of Fame. Not that that's yes. like a major passion for me, but George, I, I just tried the phone number. And he answers the phone. He goes like this. He goes, Cap, what's up? I'm like, you got to oh be God. kidding me. I that's go, you great. Got, you got to be kidding me. Like, no way. And um, we talked for a while. I said, hey, man, you want to come on tonight? He's like, absolutely. Let's talk about this. So Pete Rose coming up that's tonight. That's pretty sweet. I love it. The hit king. Get him, let's get him in the Hall of Fame. I'm with you. It's just enough of this stuff already. It's so silly. Yeah. I used to yeah. run into the hit king, LZ. You'll love this. Uh-huh. And I and he'd see me and he'd go, "Hey, Cap, how you doing?" I go, "Hey, what's going on, Pete?" Like I was always shocked that he knew who I was, um, and although I had worked with him for a, a while uh, in the late '90s, and and uh, and you, you know what he said? Um, he he would always say to me, he "Goes, hey, who do you like tonight, Georgetown or Villanova?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do I know? That's yeah. funny. <laughs> That's great. Well, Pete Rose, Kevin Harlan, and who else did I miss? Yogi from the Pac-12? Roth. Yeah, Yogi Roth. Right from the Pac-12. Uh, all right, man. Have a great show, brother. Guys, I just want to say one thing before you go. Yeah? yeah. You guys are not going to work much next week because of Lakers basketball. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be on the air until the week after, until after the Rams and the Cowboys have kicked off. Oh, my Doodle, goodness. Doodle, so much love to both of you guys. Yeah. And I, uh, I feel like I may just call your show and just do be it. part of the last segment. Let's do it. Let's just call and just do it anyway. <laughs> Please do. Uh, much love to both of you guys. I, I, I love the whole show. You know, the whole thing earlier, Bridesmaids versus, you know, uh, The Hangover. Yeah. I love that. I love so that which brothers. one? See, the problem was I was going back trying to figure out that I, I don't think I saw Bridesmaids. Okay. Oh, uh, no. you got to watch it. It's I good. I will. It's good. I will. I don't know. All right, brother. Out. All right. Have a great night, guys. See you, man. Scott Kaplan shows up next. Thanks to Mark Spears. Thanks to Keyshawn. Thanks to Bruce Feldman for joining us earlier. LZ, excellent work as always. Excellent work, my friend. Enjoy, enjoy that your tequila. Yes, enjoy your tequila and your extra long weekend. Uh, Laura and Greg, great job as always. Thank you for tuning in, calling in. We love you. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Scott Kaplan is up next. See you.